Mogu Motivation, educating and empowering entrepreneurs one week at a time. Presented by True Stories Media. And I am your host, Antoine Twiz Taylor. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mogul Motivation. Welcome back. I'm happy that you are here. If this is your first time listening, this podcast is for the aspiring entrepreneur who is trying to get over that hump and make things happen. This podcast is for anybody with a dream who wants to aspire higher and accomplish that dream. This week's Monday conversation, I am happy to be sitting down talking to Donna Kelly. She is the owner of Abracadoodle of Wayne County, and she's going to give us a lot of entrepreneurial nuggets and wisdom today. Donna, how are you doing? I am doing great, Antoine. Thanks for having me. Likewise. Thank you for agreeing to the interview. So, Donna, let's start from the beginning. At what Mm -hmm. point did you decide you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Tell us about your background. Well, my background is I have a a bachelor's of science in uh, computer science and an MBA in finance. And most of my career I've spent um, as a management consultant. So I've worked for companies like Ford Motor Company. I've worked for Microsoft. Um, I spent a good chunk of my career at Deloitte and um, all around doing um, management consulting, whereas we did business process improvements, large-scale financial systems implementations, um, got a lot of experience, um, you know, working with um, different large-scale organizations who pretty much relied on us mm-hmm. um, to train them to, you know, improve their business. At what point did you, you know, decide, hey, you know what, I want to own my own business. I don't want to, you know, work in corporate right. America anymore. Sure. So I've always, you know, had a sense of wanting to own my own business, but really um, pushed me over the edge, so to speak, is when I was working as a management consultant, um, I did a significant amount of travel. And, you know, anyone who's ever worked in the consulting field understands that that's just part of the job. Um, what else is part of the job is working a lot of hours. So um, I was okay with that because it was all part of the, the learning experience. But it got to a point where I realized that, you know, I could be spending this amount of time, you know, with my own business. Yeah. I was, yeah, I feel grateful that I work for, you know, companies that, you know, afforded me the opportunity to, to learn as much as I did learn. But after a while, I figured, well, maybe I should try this on my own, mm-hmm. you know. So that was the impetus for me to, to even start researching business. Absolutely. At, one, at, at that point, you know, you just really started to, it dawned on you that, you know, all of this effort, time, and energy can go into mm-hmm. something that you can create for yourself and for your family to own years down the line. Absolutely. And, of course, business ownership gives gives you the opportunity to be independent, you know, to chart your own path. Um, you have more control over, you know, your financial growth and um, just over the projects that you want to participate in. And for me, um, it was bigger than owning my business, own business, so to speak, was bigger than just um, transitioning to another job where I was in control. I wanted to do something that I was really passionate about. I wanted to do something where I really felt like I was giving back to the community. Um, and I wanted to do that, you know, based on how I designed it, not based on how my manager or based on how a company decided they wanted to use my talents. Passion and, you know, give it back to the community are the two things that, you know, kind of steered you in the direction of Abracadoodle. So, you know, tell us, you know, about that process, that transition when you decided to, you know, 
open an Abracadoodle franchise and tell us about the business model. How, what is Abracadoodle? Okay, well, um, just in terms of the selection process, um, my husband and I run the business together, and when we, you know, embarked on this whole, you know, um, process to, to find a business that we wanted to, to um, you know, run, we enlisted the help of a franchise consultant, and that's just kind of like a headhunter for businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so they work with us over a period of maybe a couple of weeks, and just we came up with a short list of different um franchises um, based on what we were interested in and what we were passionate about. So Abracadoodle made the, the short list because we're both passionate about education and just how it can change your life. Um, didn't think it would be an art education company mm -hmm. because I've mentioned my background is, is very techy, you know, finance and, and computer science. But the common thread in all of the jobs that I've ever had, what I really, really liked about them were the teaching aspects of those positions. So Abracadoodle was a natural fit because education was at the forefront. You know, I was still involved in the teaching aspect of a career. Um, but this just gave me an opportunity to go into the school system and give back and be passionate about something that, that really means a lot to me. Excellent. So what, what type of things do you guys teach in the school system? So like you guys are contracted by the schools um, to come in? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Abracadoodle um, is an international art education program, and we partner with schools and community centers to provide um, curriculum-based art programs for children, and we start at age two, and we go up through high school. Mm. So um, we would bring the teacher, the curriculum, all the supplies to a school, and we would be your art program for the school year. Um, we also have an art studio for kids, um, which is a separate location where kids actually come to us and we do after school programs. We do birthday parties and special events and workshops. So all of the students that are enrolled in the Abracadoodle program, um, they learn about different artists. They learn about different art techniques and different cultures. Mm -hmm. And it's all in an environment where there's no right or wrong answer. So our emphasis is purely creativity and imagination and giving our students the opportunity to just create something from nothing, which is, you know, something that they don't get an opportunity to do um, a lot of in school today. Since you're based in Wayne County, um, that includes Detroit, correct? Absolutely. Right. So um, I will assume that that's a amazing alternative because when you think about the inner city or, you mm -hmm. know, um, metropolitan areas, urban areas like that, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, minority kids don't really have opportunities like that. Um, do you think when you first started Abracadoodle, was it a lot of resistance because of that? Or, you know, tell us about, you know, the impact initially. Well, when we, when we first started, and, and this was one of the reasons why we thought Abracadoodle would be a great fit for the city of Detroit, because at the time, and we started the business back in 2007, so that was kind of at the beginning of the recession. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of schools um, in Detroit um, didn't have art programs um, because of financial reasons. Right. But Abracadoodle is a type of business where we can partner with the school and we can provide art based on your budget. If you can only afford two or three days a week or five or six classes a month or whatever it looks like, we can partner with you and provide you with an excellent program based on your needs. And that's how we started. 
Um, we started with just maybe one school that wanted art a couple days a week. And as we grew our business and as schools looked upon us as a leader in art education and especially with the curriculum, um, they decided to add more days. And most of our schools now, we are full-time art programs at our schools. But wow. um, I think you're right. It was it was a challenge initially um, because the budget this was, it just wasn't there for schools. But I also think that was the opportunity mm-hmm. because we could partner with them still and just provide them with whatever they could afford. Um, until we could get to a program that was, um, you know, more substantial based on their needs. Basically, the mm-hmm. issue, you know, actually provided the provided a door, you know, for you to come in and, you know, um, provide a solution to their Absolutely. problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and there's, there's so many creative kids, period, um, particularly in urban America that don't get the opportunity to showcase their talent or even to understand what their talents are. And mm-hmm. this is not just visual arts. This is music. This yes. is performing arts. So Africa Doodle is just one of, um, of, you know, other art programs that provide that opportunity to kids. And art, you know, it goes beyond just painting and drawing. Um, there's, there's so many benefits to other core curriculum subjects too. I mean, it improves math scores, it improves self-esteem, um, it improves mm-hmm. a child's confidence. So it's much bigger than just drawing a picture. You know, art can do so much more um, for a student. Absolutely. You know, um, one of my best friends, he just told me the other day that his son, his son is about, uh, I think he's uh, eight or nine years old. His son mm-hmm. told him that, you know, he wants to be a dancer and he wants to start a YouTube channel, you know, dancing. You know, and awesome. you know, it, it it was a shock to him because he wasn't expecting that. But you know, that just goes to you know prove your point of what you just said. Is so many urban kids out here that you know they it's not all about sports. You know, it's not all about you know being a rapper or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. There's so many other things that we we have interest in, and mm-hmm. that you know it can it it very rarely is it unlocked. You know, very right. rarely. Yeah, all it takes is a little exposure to those disciplines for it to really, to really come out. And um, the exposure, you know, if you're a suburban child, you you have the resources, yes. you know. Yes. Um, but you know, oftentimes, you know, in urban areas, you just don't have the resources. But with programs like Abracadoodle and other community-based programs that you know sometimes grant-funded, um, it, it gives a child the opportunity to kind of explore what they're interested in outside of math, science, reading, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So I, I know you mentioned that you and your husband run the business. Do you guys have any other employees or are you just the two main um, employees that's doing all of this work? No, actually we have 27 okay. employees. 27. Yeah, we have 27 um, teachers who actually go out into the schools and teach um, our curriculum-based program during the school day, and we also have employees at our art studio for kids, which is in Canton, Michigan, which is right outside of Detroit, um, and we have employees dedicated to to that facility that, you know, teach classes and conduct workshops and parties as well, so um, we have some help. What are the requirements if somebody wanted to, you know, basically uh, be a part of this? Like, do you have to be an actual teacher per se, 
or what? Mm-hmm, yes. Okay. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, if you're going to be at a school okay. um, during the school day, then the requirement is that you have to have experience as a teacher and have a certification too. And um, oftentimes the certification needs to be an endorsement in art, meaning that you have to um, go the extra do the extra schooling to get the endorsement so that you can teach just art classes. Okay. Um, so yeah, our teachers are qualified teachers and, um, you know, it makes it better for the students, obviously, um, but also better for us too, because it doesn't require a lot of our training on our behalf. Although we do have our own abracadoodle training in our own curriculum. But if you are a teacher, then we don't have to teach you how to teach. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the right. reason why I ask is because, you know, I, I was looking at it from an angle whereas, you know, um, sometimes if a teacher can't get hired at a particular school, that could be like, you know, another, you know, um, opportunity, you know, for a career as, you know, mm-hmm. going through abracadoodle as opposed to working directly with a school. Absolutely. And what we find is that a lot of our teachers they prefer going through Abracadoodle because they're artists as well. So this would give them the flexibility to do their own artwork on the side or, you know, whatever other career like jewelry that they want to continue to do, um, but not necessarily be committed to a school full time. Yeah, that sounds like a lot more flexible, you know, for right. a lot of people. Exactly. And the fact that we provide them with all of the lessons, too, um, is a great deal for the teachers and all of the, the supplies. And the supplies that we provide is they're, they're, they're high quality. I mean, when we do watercolor projects, you know, we want our kids to, to use watercolor paper, mm-hmm. not printer paper or yes. construction paper. You know, we use, we have a partnership with Crayola, so they get, you know, top quality, you know, supplies as they learn um, through our program. How long have you guys had the art center? Um, you said the, you mean the, the studio? Yeah, yeah, the art the studio. Art. I'm sorry, the art studio. Yeah. Um, we opened the studio three and a half years ago. Okay. So the first seven years of our business, we were basically, um, hundred percent in the schools and then the community um, we, we did after school programs but we wanted our own space to do our own programming once we got to a certain point um, it was just it became too challenging for us after school to go from location to location and when you have like eight teachers teaching for one hour after school and you know we just felt like it would be more efficient um, if we opened our own studio at a concentration of, of all of our classes in one location, um, and we just would bring teachers in the way we normally would. So it's worked out great. You know, parents have received it well. Um, we have a membership program at our studio where students can take unlimited art classes. That's amazing. For a monthly fee. Yes, and kids love it. And they are actual kids who they're here every single day. Every time we open the studio, mm-hmm. they are here. Um we recently started a advanced art class for teens and quickly realized that we had some elementary age students that were advanced. We have a seven year old in our advanced art class, seven years old, seven years old. And it's just from exposure to our program and the fact that she was very, very talented if she didn't have, you know, a place like Abracadoodle to go to, she may never have discovered how talented she is in art and how much she loves art. 
And what um specifically, uh, what type of art specifically is she advanced in? Um, well, everything. We do everything? drawing, we okay. do sculpture, we do um, painting. But this particular lesson that, that we posted on our Facebook page was actually a video. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a drawing project where the teacher asked them to to look at one of the a famous monument in the city of Detroit and draw it. And she explained the challenges um, that she had drawing her her monument, and um, you know, over what she did to overcome those challenges. So, um, not only do they get the experience technique wise, um, they also are required to talk about their artwork at the end of the project. So they also get those presentation skills and those, you know, um, how to critique an art project and. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty thorough. Wow, you know, I always admired people who had that type of vision. You know, um, mm-hmm. I consider myself a creative person, but more so from the imagination, um, as far as you know, writing and you know, storytelling. Uh, but mm-hmm. I always I always admired people who can you know, draw something. You know, I was never that was never my strong suit. You know, and when you have a seven year old that can do some things like that, that's amazing. And, you know, that shows that they have a bright future and it can go beyond what, you know, society tries to frame urban kids into. Oh, absolutely. I mean, art is it's it's a gift, you know, just like any other discipline. But it is it is an absolute gift. And to see an artist in action is humbling. That's the only word I can come uh-huh. up with. It is it is truly humbling because they don't realize how special it is. Is so natural to them. It's like breathing. Yes. Whereas we make it, a, we make a big deal out of it. It is just, it's just a part of who they are, and um, having an opportunity to express themselves in their art is just like what you're doing. And you know, it's the self-expression part of it that if you give them an opportunity to do that, then they're going to flourish not only in that particular discipline but in other disciplines too. Mm-hmm. So that's why it saddens me to hear about schools when they take art out of the school altogether. Um, because now you have kids who are, you know, visually inclined. Some students are visual learners. I am one of those students me where too. I need to see the pie chart, you me know? Too. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and when you take that aspect out of the schools altogether, those students who are visual learners, those are the ones who are going to be challenged. You know, it's not that they're not smart. It's just that they they need those extra connectors to help them excel. Um, so, and I know art art is is a great way to do that. And you guys service some high schools as well. Yes, we do. We okay. have two high schools. Two high schools. Um, yeah, it wasn't and initially. It's not a part of the you know abracadoodle model, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, but we have some charter schools in the area that are K twelve. And we started out with their elementary program, and they wanted us to continue with their high school. So working with the teacher and, you know, making the Abracadoodle more advanced, we were able to, you know, venture into a couple of different high school programs as well. And um, with the high schoolers, how much of an impact do you see in that level as opposed to, you know, the elementary level? And do you guys have, you know, things in store that can help them get scholarships to college and, you know, things of that nature or possibly art institutes and schools? 
Oh, absolutely. We have, um, and the teacher really is the leader in all of that. Okay. Um, and I think um, it's really important, and this is what we have in a teacher at our high school, is the teacher has to be able to um, build relationships with the high schoolers because it's it's a different ball game. You know, it's more independent study. It's, of course, more advanced artwork. Um, but it's also, you know, providing that level of mentorship to them for the students who really want to pursue uh-huh. either like an education degree or they want to be an artist. Um, just that level of, of mentorship that an art teacher can provide to students. Um, so it's really important. It has been for us to find the right teacher, um, period, but especially for high schoolers. Um, because one, you want a teacher that can manage the classroom. That's number one. Absolutely. You want a teacher that can that has the skills to impart upon the high schoolers um, to challenge them, to keep them motivated, to keep them focused and interested. And you want to be able to pick out those students who um, you know have a, a real talent and want to pursue it as a career and provide them with some guidance. So. All of those things go into into play when you're looking for a teacher, um, mm. especially at the high school level. Mm. And I'm sure it's been a lot of trial and error when you bring on, you know, uh, teachers and people into your company, you know, trying to find the right fit and people that can, you know, follow the company culture that you and your husband has instilled into Africa Doodle of Wayne County. That's very true. And we didn't get it right 100% of the time, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we um, sometimes teachers don't work out. Um, it is always our intention to bring in a teacher that fits the culture of the school. We don't just hire a teacher and, you know, introduce them to the principal and say, here's your teacher. You know, it's a team effort where we, you know, do our due diligence. We do, you know, the interviewing, we do the background check, and then we introduce them to the principal and um you know, he or she makes the final decision in terms of whether or not to hire that individual. Um, But even when things look perfectly, sometimes they just don't work out. Um, And for us, when that happens, um, we recruit another teacher and go through the process again um, with the principal. And we're able to do it that way. And this is just from experience. We realize that, you know, and this is with any career that, um, relationships are everything you know so Mm -hmm. when you have a great relationship with the people that you work with school leaders community centers or whoever it is um, when things don't go as planned it's easy to say goodbye to someone that you don't have a relationship with Mm -hmm. but if you really have a great relationship with an organization they're going to work with you and try to figure out the best solution you know we do that with people that work for us and our school leaders do that for us as well because they understand that our intention is to provide the best program, period. That is our intention. I mean, we, we're always visiting the schools. We are engaging with the students. We provide our teachers with, you know, great opportunities. We support them. We listen to them. So our intention is always to do, to put forth our very best. Um, but even when you do that, sometimes things don't work out. And um, I think our, our school leaders know that um, it's not us and we're going to give you another shot based on the fact that we know, you know, you're going to try to do the best thing possible. You guys have been in business for over a decade, 11 years now, 11 yes. years in May. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where do you see your business going in the next decade? Where, where, where do you like to see 
your business at and, you know, accomplishing? I would like to be the art program for a school district. Okay. I would like, I would like a school district to approach us and say, you know what? We have 40 schools or we have 20 schools or we, whatever it is, we want you to be our provider for our entire district. That's what I would like. Mm. Now we have, um, we all, we average between 20 and 30 schools where we are their art provider, um, every school year. But, you know, I would like to just, you know, um, have districts reach out to Abracadoodle to have us run their art programs and as well as openings, um, maybe a couple of more studios in the Metro Detroit area, art studios for kids. So although you have 30 schools, you don't, you don't have one complete district yet. That's... Well, we we average between twenty and thirty. Okay. So this year we have twenty two schools. Twenty two. So, but and yeah, but you're right. I mean, we don't have a, a district. We don't have like Detroit Public Schools or you know Ferndale Public Schools or whatever the public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the the number necessarily that is interesting. It's just the confidence that we really like Abracadoodle and what you've done so much that we want to bring you in to, to be our district provider for art. Even though we may have four schools, mm-hmm. that's still very complimentary for yes. someone to say, we want you to be our, our provider across the district. Hmm. And, you know, it's kind of hard to believe that you guys haven't had that yet. You know, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with the body of work that you have done, you know, over this time, it's kind of hard to believe that it hasn't happened yet. So I'm sure it'll be happening sooner than later. I I hope so too. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> you know, Wayne County is huge. You know, so oh, absolutely. So the and I really there. would love to be the provider for Detroit Public Schools. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, I absolutely would. I think we could do it. Are you from Detroit? Might... No, actually, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And um, yep, I moved to Detroit about ooh, maybe 20 years ago, though. So this mm-hmm. is this is home now. So that's home. Um. Yeah, I lived in Chicago for a little bit too. Okay. Um, lived in Indianapolis and um, went to school in Atlanta. I graduated from Spelman College and um, lived in Indiana for a while too. Um, I went to Purdue for my master's. Okay. And um, have you ever thought about expanding into any of those areas, like maybe going back home to Columbus and you know starting up there, or are you guys just focusing on? you know, the Detroit area, Michigan? Um, I have thought about it, actually. We've done programs in Ohio, in Toledo, Ohio, which is about maybe 45 minutes south of Detroit. So we've we've thought about it, Mm -hmm. um, but we, you know, we haven't really finalized it. And we would have to hire a team of people just to work that area for us. Mm. And, um, but that's something that, you know, we may consider in the future, but for now, we just want to focus on the Detroit and Metro Detroit area. How important are goals, in your personal opinion, when it comes to not just running a business, but the type of business that you do run? You know, when mm-hmm. basically you're providing art to students, you know, how important is it for setting goals and how do you, you know, measure if you hit those goals or not? You know what I mean? Sure. Well, every year we go through a, um, a goal setting. And this is really me and my husband. We kind of look at the way the previous year ended 
and just kind of chart out what are some of the, the goals that we have for the for the future year. And goals are really important because, I mean, that sets the stage of, of what you want to accomplish over the year. So even when I worked as a management consultant, most of what I did um, was business planning and strategic planning. So um, when you're doing um, planning activities like that, um, writing down your goals, writing down the steps that you need to take to make sure you realize those goals, it kind of puts things in action. You know, if you don't write down goals, if you don't have goals, then things just kind of happen, just happenstance. You know, it's, it's really, it's just kind of a fly-by-night. And I've never yeah. been a fly-by-night type of person. I like structure. I like organization. I like kind of charting out where I see my future going. So goals, that's just a natural aspect of, of life for me. Um, and definitely just as part of our business. So, um, but our goal setting is, is not very elaborate, so to speak. It's more, we don't sit and and come up with like 20 to 30 goals. Mm -hmm. You know, we come up with goals for every quarter. So we have maybe three or four goals slash projects that we want to accomplish every quarter. And we evaluate those at the end of the quarter and come up with new ones every quarter. That way the goal is not just the list it's an action plan of what you want to accomplish. And it's just more effective for us to do it that way. Absolutely. And, and you, easier to manage, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, And the reason why I ask is because, um, you know, I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs really understand the true power of goals. Like, yeah, we always talk about goals, but I feel like it's people just, you know, saying things that they want to do, but they don't really make it a goal. It's not a priority. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I think that's something that, and especially early in this new year, a lot of entrepreneurs really need to reevaluate themselves and ask, what do I really want to accomplish with my business this year? Mm -hmm. Whether it be, Absolutely. you know, quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, doesn't matter. They really mm -hmm. need to, we really need to sit down and ask ourselves, what do we want to accomplish? And we, you know, need to set timelines for it so we can actually hold ourselves accountable. I think a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs don't hold themselves accountable. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, that's, um, that's part of the process too. It's not just writing out the goals. It's looking at, you know, goals from previous years and what happened. Yes. And, you know, what do you need to do to make sure that, you know, you, you fix some of the things that were challenges. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's critical to to business success setting goals and um outlining the steps to achieving those goals i think that's missed a lot too when people will write down a list of goals but they don't look at each one of them and figure out okay so what does what is this going to take mm -hmm. from an effort standpoint from a financial standpoint staffing resources i mean you have to get very detailed with how are you going to accomplish the goal once you write it down what is some advice you would give someone who was considering um, not just starting an Abracadoodle franchise, but, you know, any type of business model similar to what you guys do? What is some advice you would give an entrepreneur who was looking to get into that field? Um, well, if it's just if you're looking to get into franchising in general, I would definitely make sure you do your research, research, mm -hmm. um, because franchises are um, they have, you know, 
different aspects. I mean, they all have this a document called the Franchise Disclosure Document that basically outlines all the specifics to the operation of the franchise. Um, I think it's important to evaluate yourself first if you're interested in franchising because franchising is a system that you follow. It's not necessarily, you know, you coming up with your own ideas, you know, um, every couple weeks. It's actually taking a model and um, using that model to be successful. I mean, you can still be creative and, you know, add your add your own, um, you know, background and, and creativity to it. But franchising, for the most part, it's, it's a model. So if you're looking at franchising, understand that. Um, and also, you know, from a business perspective, if you're wanting to start a business, I, the biggest the biggest thing is just being prepared financially. Um, you know, because it's going to take a significant amount of resources before your business is a, is a success. Um, and the amount of resources, of course, depends on the type of business you get into. Mm-hmm. But make sure you're prepared financially um, while you're still working. Put money aside, you know, to save for your business. Um, and also understand all of the, um, you know, the business skills that you need to be successful. Um, business was, or Abracadoodle was great um, for me. I mean, you would think that, okay, this is the art company. You have no experience in art. Um, but I did have a lot of experience in business. Yes. So I understood business process. I understood, you know, financial management. I understood marketing. So look at the areas where you have skill sets and find and find a business um, that you can, you know, you can run that would exploit those skill sets. I mean, I, I don't think I could ever get into the medical profession or because I, I, can't, I can't talk to that. You know, <laughs> right. I don't know anything about it, you know. So um, I just think it's important for you to just smash up, you know, your skills and experience with the business that you're trying to pursue. Perfect. I totally agree with that. So (laughs) how can we get in contact with you and your business? You know, somebody wanted to, if somebody in the Detroit Wayne County area, you know, wanted to, you know, possibly bring you guys to their school, if they wanted to work with you guys, how can they find you? They can find us on Facebook at Africa Doodle Detroit. Um, They can also give us a call at um, area code 734-495-0900, and um, or they can just send me an email at dkelly at abracadoodle.com. All right. And is there anything else you would like to add to all the aspiring entrepreneurs listening out there, regardless of their career background or whatever it is? That if you are if you're interested in business ownership, you can absolutely do it. You know, um, it takes a little planning. Um, it takes mentorship. So if there's some mentors that you can partner with that can help you, that would be phenomenal. Um, but I think entrepreneur has certainly been a path that has been amazing for me. Um, taking that first step is always the hardest step. But if you keep moving forward, um, it is certainly something that you can definitely be successful with. If you just keep moving forward, you will be successful. Words from Donna Kelly. Thank, <laughs> thank you very much for sitting down with us today on a Monday Conversation. Oh, you are very welcome. Thanks again for having me. Likewise. We'll have a great day. And everybody out there, let's continue to work. Let's continue to imagine reality. And let's continue to aspire higher. Have a great day.